got just about 10 minutes left in today's trading session. Bruce Biddles is chief investment strategist at Bear, Bard. Baird. I can't... Baird, forgive me. He notes that more than 80% of world stock markets are at new highs, but he does talk about some particular names enjoying a season tailwind into the end of the year. Bruce joining us on the phone from Sarasota. I got not enough sleep, apparently, Bruce, last night, so forgive me. <laughs> nice to have you back with us. Uh, a lot going on. Um, particular stocks uh, enjoying a season tailwind into year end. You don't see that this is going to be kind of a tailwind, tailwind where all stocks uh, enjoy I move uh, to the upside? Yeah, this, we, you know, last week we had a, a, a one of the better rallies of the of the year, particularly, you know, September was a, we had a nice rally, but it was measured in per, certainly in terms of the S&P, but it was a very broad-based rally last week, and really everything is pretty much in sync here, and by that I mean you know, the Dow Industrial, Dow Transports, um, Russell 2000, NASDAQ, mid-cap indices, and global indices. You know, in a healthy bull market, everything is in gear, everything is in harmony. And in a market that's looking for trouble, you typically have divergences show up first. That's some areas doing well, some doing poorly, and it may be overseas as well. But uh, in the current environment, uh, everything is in harmony, everything's in gear, and that suggests any pullbacks in the market are likely to be, to be limited. And you say specifically more than 80% of world stock markets are at new highs. So that's almost like everybody being all in. That's a positive sign or a sign that we're getting to the top? No, I think that's a positive sign. Like I said, in a healthy market, that's what you have. And bull markets in, in general are uh, worldwide in scope. Uh, they're not normally localized. So if you're going to have a great bull market, it's typically uh, globally in nature. Uh, it, it is interesting, too, the, the, the interconnectedness of these markets and what that means. But not all markets, uh, they might all be going up at the same time, or they might not be rising in value, ultimate value, intrinsic value at the same time. Do, do you see overvaluation anywhere in, in, let's say, global equity markets? No, there's no question. There's a, there's a, overvaluations are certainly problematic here. But valuations are misunderstood. They're, they're not a very good indicator for determining um, the direction of the market. I mean, stocks can stay overvalued or undervalued for long periods of time. What valuations do tell you, however, uh, two important things. One, it tells you the level of risk in the market. And two, it tells you a lot about investor psychology. So when investors are willing to pay, you know, near record valuations for, for, for stocks, it suggests that there's a lot of optimism around. Um, interesting. So if valuation isn't the best thing to, to track, what, what metrics do you like to track when it comes to uh, publicly held companies? Well, I, I think the, the most important thing is, uh, simplest, is the trend of the markets, and it boils down or rolls down into individual issues as well. And this market, the trend has been positive for almost, you know, over a year now. So when you're fighting that, if you're a negative on the market, you're fighting a, a bullish trend that typically, typically is not a very profitable trade. The other thing we look at is, like I said earlier, if the market's going to top out. Uh, and tops take a whole lot longer to develop than bottoms do. And prior to a top, what you normally see is breadth deterioration. In other words, like I said, some average, some average is doing well, some average is doing poorly, and that breaks down into, into the stocks and groups and sectors as well. 
Um, in the current environment, the New York Stock Exchange advanced decline line is also at a new high. Now, if you go back to 2015, and when we had the last time we had a serious correction in the market, there were obvious divergences earlier in the year, and eventually uh, around August, the market sold off significantly. So, right here, you know, we don't have that. So, uh, we're not looking for the market to, to sell up. Uh, harshly here. Um, what I am concerned about somewhat is that there's certainly a lot of optimism around, right. and that is typically a negative. And the reason I say that is uh, there's an there's an inverse relationship between sentiment and liquidity. When everyone is optimistic, it pretty much says that most of their money is already in the market. And that's why the top of the market is always the point of maximum optimism. There just isn't any more money to come in. So that's problematic here. But I think the time of the year offsets that. And what I mean by that is as we get closer to year-end, investors are very hesitant to take profits. It takes a lot of sellers off the market. They can postpone their tax liability until 2019. um, and, And... and I think that that plays a large role, and that's one of the reasons why December typically is a very strong month for the market because the supply demand structure is very bullish. Um, yeah, uh, timing of the year, is, of course, is so important, especially as we approach the sort of anniversary of the of of, of the crash in the '80s that was was so uh, seemed so monumental, but was just a, an, in retrospect kind of a blip. Well, it, it, it wasn't a blip a day or going through it, I can tell you that. I, mean, I, I, remember, I remember. But in any event, you're right. I mean, and, and, and what happened there was it never really influenced the economy. The economy just kept on humming along. And I think one of the reasons why um, the markets didn't influence the economy so much is that investors weren't so so um, involved in in stocks, bond yields at the time, you could get 9% on treasuries at the time, 10-year treasuries. So a lot of folks were in the treasury market, and so they were unaffected. And I think that's one reason why the economy did not not fold, even though the stock market crashed in in October of 87. When a company like Walmart sets a $20 billion buyback, they're seeing that the best use of their cash is to do something like that. Just got 20 seconds. Good sign or, or, or not a sign that you need to be concerned about? Just quickly. Well, that, that's been going on for the entire length of this bull market. Companies yeah. have been buying their stocks back, and that's been a very bullish element. That, that represents demand, and that has been a very strong support for the market all through this last seven or eight years. All right. Always good to get some time with you. Bruce Biddles, he's Chief Investment Strategist at Bayer, joining us on the phone from Sarasota, Florida. Right now, you are listening to Bloomberg Markets. We're just uh, moments away from the closing bell. Carol Masser, Corey Johnson is closing numbers in just a couple minutes right here on Bloomberg. 